Amen. We're grateful for this communion Sunday, but we're celebrating God together. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Indeed, God has been gracious and good to each of us. And we're up here glad. We're thankful and grateful for another time to be in his house, to share of his goodness. Amen. God's been good to me. Amen. That's my testimony. You have to have your own. But my testimony is that God has profoundly been good to me. He's profoundly blessed me above and beyond my imagination. And whereof I'm glad, I'm thankful, and I'm grateful unto him for everything that he's done. So we just want to say thank you and welcome, amen, to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple. For those of you who are watching us virtually, we say welcome to you as you join us here in our service where we have already been giving God the glory and the praise and the honor because he is yet worthy to be praised. If you'll follow us in the word of the Lord, we're going to Philippians, the first chapter. And we'll be looking at verses 19 through 21. Again, that's Philippians chapter 1. And we'll be looking at verses 19 through 21. Our theme for this year has been loading for 2022. That means we're talking about getting in a position and a posture to accept those things that God is about to pour into our lives. And kind of the, the out frame of our thoughts this year and our sermons has been in that vein and we will continue to be there in terms of being in a posture to wait, being in a posture to receive the best of what God has available to us. And In that vein and that thought on this morning, we're going to be sharing with you from the thought turning point. We're going to share from the thought turning point on this morning. And we looked at Philippians chapter 1 verse 19 and the word of the Lord there reads, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord, Heavenly Father, in these few moments, open our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our ears. Allow us to be receptive to what you're saying to us in this destiny moment. Lord, allow your word to illuminate our path, to show us the way that you'd have us to go. Allow this word to literally push us forward into our purpose. And most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. When when thinking of this thought here in Philippians, when, when I was pondering this scripture and looking at, at, looking at it as it fits within the realm, within the theme of what we've been talking about this year, about loading and waiting on the things of God. And specifically to our thought for this morning, which is turning point, I begin to question God. Our, and the, the question is always to us and not to God. The question is never, is God ready? If you're ever asking, is God ready? You're asking the wrong question. The question is always pointed towards us. And the question is, are we ready? So if God is always willing to to allow turnarounds in our lives and in our circumstances, and if God has already set for us a turning point in our circumstances, my question to you today, for those in this place, for those who are watching virtually, is are you ready for your turn? Are you ready for your turn? Are you in a position to take advantage of what God's about to do in your life? Are you ready? Point at somebody and ask them, are you ready? 
When I begin to think of it, the, the, the writer here says this too in the, in the King James Version, he puts it this way, this too shall turn to my deliverance. Here in the English Standard Version, he says this will turn, the well, way it says in the English, in the King James Version, this too will turn to my salvation. In the English Standard Version, it says this too will turn out from my deliverance. What he's saying is that I am anticipating a change that is about to happen in my life. And despite the circumstances, the turn, the change is still coming. And I I just want to put that in your spirit, in your vocabulary on this week, that no matter where you are in your situation, a turn is coming, a change is coming, and you have to be prepared to make the change. You have to be prepared to make the turn. Romans 8 and 28 says, we know that all things work together. For the good of them that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. When he's speaking that those words, he's speaking those to us, those who are sanctified, those who believe, those who completely and wholly trust in Jesus Christ. Psalm 37 and 23 reminds us again, he says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. God is preparing a way and he's preparing the steps, the the momentum, the path of a person who walks in him. So when we, we talk about steps, of course, steps talk about direction. It talks about purpose. It talks about what God desires us to do. That means that you can take steps, but they don't have to be related to God. You need to make sure that the steps are ordered by God. But to be ordered, that means you have to be obedient to the will of God. Jesus says, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Jesus said, my friends are those who are obedient to my word. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they will not heed. For us to say that we are stepping according to the word of God, we have to be obedient to the word. That's a word we don't like as much. We, we like blessings and naming and claiming and all these other things, you know, the, these receptive things where we're receiving something, but we don't often like to talk about obedience. We have to be obedient to the word of God. In fact, you shouldn't call yourself Christian if you're not obedient. He's saying when he's talking about Christian, he's saying, my sheep, if you're one of his sheep, that means you hear his voice. You're in tune with what he's saying and you're obedient to the command of God. We, we, we've come into a society where we think we are entitled to so many things. And even as Christians, that, that sense of entitlement has crept into Christianity as well, where we think that we are entitled to blessings. We are entitled to God moving on our behalf. We are entitled despite how we behave. But you have to behave in a manner that is in accordance with God's word to be entitled to what it says. The, 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 the promises of God are, 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 I wouldn't say null and void, but, but I'd rather say moot as it relates to you. Moot, M-O-O-T. That means it does not matter. Does not matter what God has promised if you're not obedient. Because those promises don't apply when we're walking in disobedience. We have to be obedient to the voice and command of God. And how can you be obedient to a voice that you don't listen to? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They they recognize my voice. They are in tune with my voice. They hear my words and practice them enough in their hearts that they know what my voice sounds like. They can differentiate between my voice and what the devil is whispering in their ear. 
because they're in tune with my word. They're in tune with the things that I say. I give this example as a teacher. I've told students certain things and certain things they can do and certain things they can't do. And then a student came back to me one time and he was in trouble. And he had told another student that I told him he could do something. And he was, uh, he was not, not accurate. But then I looked at the other student. I said, you know me. I said, does that sound like something I'd say? He thought for a moment. He's like, no, it does. <laughs> he was in tune with my voice. He was in tune with the things that I say. He was in tune with my patterns. He, he was in tune with, with, with even the structure and the rules that I had set up in that room. The same as with Jesus, when we are in tune with his voice, we are, we are in tune with the things that he would say to us, then we can recognize his voice and use that to take direction and action relative to every day. I need directions every day. I wish you were in here with me. I, I need direction. I need God's voice leading and guiding me every day. Why? Because I have another voice on the inside that's telling me to do something else. I, I have my flesh that is trying to guide me in a certain direction. I have my flesh that's trying to take me along another path. And I know where that path leads because there is a way that seems right in the man. The ends whereof are the ways of death. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I have a voice in my body. My flesh is literally trying to lead me to damnation and death. So I need the clarion call of Jesus' voice operating in my life to give me direction, to give me purpose, to show me the way that I should go. Because it's easy to follow on the path that you're already on, but many times that's not the right way. It's easier to stay on the path that you've already taught. Well, I, I know this way. I know this path. I know this road. This is the way I'm going because this is how I see it. And many of us have gone, gotten lost because we base things on what we see. It looks like the right path. It looks like the right way. And get this, because your flesh fools you all the time, it feels right. Be, be careful it feels right. Be careful, it feels right. Because your flesh is not saved. And there are a lot of things that feel right that are not right. There are a lot of things that, that feel right that will embarrass you. There are a lot of things that feel right that will lead you further and further away from God. I have to be obedient to the voice of God. To be obedient to the voice of God, I have to know the voice of God. How can they hear except there be a preacher? And how can there be a preacher except he be sent? Because faith comes by hearing. I have to constantly be in a posture to be receptive to what God is trying to say in my life. So when I read my Bible, it's like I'm adjusting. This is for old school folks. It's like I'm adjusting my TV antenna. My reading God's word is I'm adjusting my antenna to make sure that I have reception, clear reception to what God is trying to say to me. And if I don't, re don't read my, my, my Bible, then my antenna gets off focus and I cannot clearly receive what God's trying to say to me. Sometimes, some of you right now, I tell you right now, I'm going to bless you in the carnal world too. Some of you are right now, your phone's acting up and all you need to do is turn it off and turn it back on. I got my Verizon person agreeing with it. It needs, it needs to reset. 
it needs to recalibrate so that it can work correctly. I'm going to tell my father-in-law one time he came to my house and he said, Not my, everything's slow and my emails aren't working. And, and he said, I can't send a message and everything's... I said, when's the last time you turned your phone off? He said, uh, this, was, this was about the middle of summer. He's like, uh, it was probably Christmas. <laughs> Sometimes we just t- take the phone, we keep charging, we keep charging, we never turn it off. But sometimes it needs to reset. It needs to recalibrate. Some of you watch your televisions closely. A lot of times your TV, especially those who, watch, who use cable, every once in a while, if you leave your TV on in the middle of the night, you wake up and you'll see a little bar going across. It's recalibrating. It's resetting. It's refocusing to make sure that there is clear reception. And if we don't read God's word, we get out of focus. We're not calibrated. We're not focused. Let me, let me take it to the automotive world. Every once in a while, you need an alignment on your car. Somebody, I'm helping somebody else right now. You're wondering why your car keeps veering off to the right. It needs to be aligned. That, that alignment keeps you on the road. It keeps you and helps you, especially when you lose focus. It keeps you straight. It also helps some of you got uneven wear on your tires. Some of y'all wondering where I got yeah, Some of y'all know Faye Christman. He would talk to me about this, my granddad. You have uneven wear on your tires because your car needs to be aligned because it keeps rolling on the wrong side. And now you got wear on one side and wear on the other. You're going to have to replace that tire because it's not rolling along the treads as it should. It needs to be aligned. We have to be recalibrated. Our lives have to be aligned to stay with God because, get this, your natural, the natural position of your life and your body is not aligned with God. That's not the natural position. And just like a door that's on a hinge that swings, its natural position, the natural position of every door is closed. So when it's out of position, it's more likely to get damaged. And you got a door on a hinge that swings, it's going to return to its natural position as soon as it gets an opportunity. Because even though the door's focus is to let people in, it was structured and created to keep people out. That's its natural position. Our natural position is not in alignment with God. Our natural position is sinful. Remember your natural position. You don't have to teach kids to do wrong. You don't have to teach kids to lie. Not to teach them to steal. Why? You get mad at them? Don't get mad. That's their natural position. We have to teach them to do better. We have to teach them to occupy a different position in life that is more aligned with God because our natural position is out of line with God. And if you don't watch it, your position will change. Not because you're intentionally turning towards sin. But we unintentionally turn towards sin. Our hearts unintentionally turns towards the things that are wrong. Because that is our natural position. That's why I often say we're floating out like floating on the beach right off the ocean. And the waves are going around you. You keep floating and you keep floating. And before you know it, you're way further out than where you started. And that's what happens with us. Our position floats back to the natural position if we don't stay in line with God. We have to read his words to stay aligned. Point at somebody and say it's time for an alignment. It's time for an alignment. It's time to be obedient to the voice of God. This too shall turn to my salvation. This too shall turn to my deliverance if 
I am obedient to the voice of God. If I align my heart with the heart of God, and that's something we all have to do. I'm not, I'm not special. I have to do the same thing. I have to get on my knees and pray and say, Lord, allow my heart to go after you. Go, allow my heart to go after your word. Allow my heart to go after the things of God so that each day I can be more and more like him. So when it says the steps of a good man, it's talking about that man who has kept his life aligned with God and is obedient to the word of God. Now, when it talks about that, the ordering, the, the, the alignment, it's talking about God staying in line with his word by, by reading his word, by being in tune with his word. That also is what keeps you encouraged, is by reading the word. Because the more you get word about God's instruction, you can't get his instruction without also hearing about his promises. You'll hear about his instructions, but you'll also hear about his promises. It's almost, God almost in his word always gives us an if and then. If you do this, then this will happen. If you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you. He's giving us a proposition, even when it says, we know, we, first you have to be part of the we. You have to be aligned with God's word. We know, those who are aligned with God, that all things work together for the good of them. It is an if-then proposition based upon our obedience to God's word. And when we know this, then we know my circumstance can't end in tragedy. My, my circumstance can't end in death. My, God has not put me here to leave me where I am. But this, this situation has a turn in it. This situation has a turn in it. Let's point at somebody and say, your situation has a turn in it. And, 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 just, and why, why are you encouraging them? Point at them again and tell them your turn is coming. Your turn your turn, turn is coming. It won't, 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 won't always be like this. The, the interesting thing about, about the turn is it looks like I'm headed in a direction that leads to my damnation. I'm looking, looks like I'm headed in a direction that's going to lead to my death or my downfall. But before I get to that cliff, before I get to that place that's going to take me over the edge, I'm letting you know that a turn, turn. It's coming. And everybody in here, I'm letting you know your turn is coming. Scripture here says, it says my earnest expectation in verse 20. My earnest expectation and my hope is that in nothing that I, I won't be ashamed, God will never cause me to be ashamed. When I'm walking in him, now we do stuff that will cause you to be ashamed all the time. That, that's you, what you did. Come on in here. We've done stuff and we were ashamed because of what we did. But we weren't following the voice and the command of God. He's saying if you follow in my footsteps, if you walk according to my word, if you're obedient to my command, I will never leave you Oh, ashamed. I wish, I, I wish somebody loved, loved the word this morning. He won't leave me ashamed. I, if I'm ashamed, it's because of my own doing. It's because of my own choices. It's because I was listening to my flesh instead of the voice of God. I was not in tune with God's word. So if I find myself in a place of shame, that lets me know it's a reminder that I'm out of step. I'm out of tune with what God would have for me. But God say, if you follow my word. Paul said, I am not ashamed. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. I never have to experience shame on his behalf because I am following his word. In the Greek here, it says my earnest expectation. The word it uses here, it says a papadokia. It means an outstretched head with attention concentrated on one object. When it says my earnest expectation, that means I'm leaning in the direction of what God has promised me. I'm leaning in that direction because I am expecting God to do what he said he was going to do. I wish you were here. I, I, I'm leaning into it. I, I am committing to that. And the reason I can commit to it, why? I just told you, because he won't ever let me be ashamed. So I can commit to what God promised, and I don't have to worry about being ashamed. I don't have to worry about being disappointed because God won't allow me to be ashamed. God won't allow me to be disappointed so I can lean into it. Point at somebody and say lean into. I can, I can lean. I can lean with expectation. I, I can lean with great anticipation. I, I can point my head and focus in the direction of what God has promised me because God will not allow me to be ashamed. Because he's already promised it. He already said it's going to happen. So since he said it's going to happen, I'm going to lean into it. Since he promised me it was going to occur in my life, I'm going to lean into it. I'm standing firm on the promises of God so I can lean into anything that God has promised me. God's word will not fail. He said until the end of the earth, not one portion of my word shall fail. So I can lean into anything that God has promised me. That means I can lean into it, get this, when I don't see it. I can lean into it when, when, I, when I don't see it. And sometimes, I want you to know your faith is going to put you in a position where you're leaning into something that you don't see and other people don't see. But when you know God's promised it to you, you don't care that people make fun of you, I wish, for leaning into something that God told you, but, but they don't see it. I want you to think of it, like, think of it like this. You're like a wide receiver in the middle of an empty stadium on an empty football field, standing there with his hands up. He's waiting to receive something. It's like he's waiting to receive the football there are no other players on the field. There's no balls on the field. There's not a quarterback on the field. There are no fans in the stadium. But yet in the middle of an empty stadium and an empty field, he's standing in the middle with his hands up because he's anticipates something is coming his way. And I want you to know somebody might drive, somebody's going to drive by your stadium this week. <laughs> Somebody's going to drive by your stadium this week. They're going to look around and not see any fans. And they're going to look on the field and not see any other players. But they're going to see you in the middle of an empty field with your hands up. And they're going to think, you must be crazy. What's, what's, what's wrong with them? There's no 
not a ball on the field. There's not another player in the stadium. There's not even a fan there. What are they waiting on? They're waiting on. But if God promised me, if God, if God promised me, God promised me, I I don't care about the skeptic because Elijah sat in his rocking chair and the the little boy kept coming back and said, I don't see any rain. And Elijah just kept saying, go back again because I'm the prophet that's standing in the middle of a football field with no other players on it. But God told me there will be rain. Why? Because I Shall we with me? I heard. <laughs> I just said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I've already heard what is coming. So I don't mind standing out there looking foolish all by myself because God told me what is coming. You know who felt like that? Noah. It's going to rain. People looking at Noah, you must have lost your mind. Noah's out there working on an ark. He's building this huge boat in the middle of a drought. And they're saying, what, what, something's wrong with this man. These days, somebody would have tried to get him committed. Something's wrong with that boy. Out there building this big boat, talking about it's going to rain. But Noah was simply the man in the middle of the field. With his hands up. Nobody else was there. Why? Because he heard. He heard what God told him. Jesus comes to the, to the house of Martha and Mary. And Martha comes to him and said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But he's been dead for four days. We don't, we don't, she, let me give you the short words. She said, we don't need you now. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. (laughs) Though he were dead, yet shall he live again. And he that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus was inviting her to come out on the field with him. I need you to step on out here with me. If you believe like I believe, then why don't you just walk out here with me? If you trust what God is saying, you can stand out there by yourself. And see, the problem some people have is that instead of standing in the middle of their own field, they're driving by watching you in your field. And they're talking about how crazy you are. But then they're no longer in a position to receive what God has for them because they haven't even stepped into their own stadium. They haven't even assumed a posture that God's about to send something in their direction. I believe that I need to remain in a posture to receive what God has for me. And I'm telling somebody right now, you need to drive to your stadium this week. You need to walk out on the field. And the fewer people that are out there, the more God's going to bless you. The fewer people that are watching, the more God's going to bless you. Because I tell you like this, 
David said, I was standing in the middle of the field. I was waiting for the ball to come. And then he said, all of a sudden, my haters started filling out in the stadium. They started filling up the roster. They started sitting in the seats. And I said, Lord, why you got me standing out here waiting for something that hasn't happened yet? Lord, why you have me looking silly with all my haters in the grandstand? And God told him, he said, I prepare us a table uh, before thee uh, in the presence of thine enemies uh, I'm anointing your head with oil uh, your cup shall run over uh, surely uh, goodness and mercy uh, shall follow me uh, all the days of my life uh, and I will dwell uh, in the house of the Lord uh, forever uh, I dare you right now uh, stand on your feet uh, somebody put your hands up uh, It's just when our praise has been triggered, not by receptance, but by expectation. When God, God honors your praise, not when it's triggered by what you got, but when it's triggered by you expecting to receive that which you do not have yet. God, I'm praising you because I, I trust you. I'm praising you, not because I have it, but I'm praising you because I trust you. I trust you. Lord, I don't even see the turn in my road coming yet, but I'm praising you right now. Because I, I trust you. was fading on him. 
Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm going to praise him, not because I've received him, but I'm praising him because I trust him. That's why I don't have to wait until the battle is over. I can shout, I can praise it right now. Not because I see it. Not because I see it. But because I trust it. I trust it. You want to know what trust is? Let me tell you what trust is. When my children ask me for something for their birthday or, their, or for Christmas, they stop worrying about it. In fact, they start preparing for it. They start clearing off space on their shelf. Come on in here now. They start buying accessories to match what I'm about to give them. Because they trust that daddy's going to deliver on what he's saying. But I, I, I'm just a carnal man. If they trust me that much... How much more should I trust my heavenly father who already told me what he wants from me? He told me what he wants from me. He told me he doesn't want to lead me into dismay or damnation. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of good and not evil to bring you a future and a hope. I already know what he thinks of me. God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. I know what God thinks of me. My God shall wipe away all the tears of my eyes. I know what he thinks of me. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I know what he thinks about me. So since I know what he thinks of me, I know how much he loves me because he sent his only son to die for me. Since I know what he thinks and what he wants for me, all I have to do is trust him. All I have to do is trust him. And because I trust him, I can praise him when my storm starts. I can praise him like the artist says in the middle of it. I can dance in the middle before it's even over. Not because I see it but because I trust him. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you right now in this moment that you've challenged us by your word. You challenged us relative to our obedience so that we're in tune with what you're saying. You challenged us, Lord, to even be reminded of the promises that you made in your word that should inspire our trust, that should invoke us leaning in to your promises. Lord, even if we're in the middle of it by ourselves and other people think we're foolish, Lord, we're going to trust you. Because faith comes by hearing and we are reminded and, well, and we're well versed on what you've told us. Help us to praise you, not because we've received it, but help us to praise you simply Lord because we trust you and Lord you're going to bless us even according to thy word and for that Lord we thank you for that Lord we thank you 
For that, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in advance for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.